Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Word, I know that's what you came for, amen? We came to, to eat God's Word this morning, to be challenged, to be comforted, to be convicted. Those are the three things I always pray for, to conviction, challenge, and comfort, amen? And God's good at doing all three of those. I want to preach on focus this morning on what really matters. There, how many know it's easy to lose focus on what really matters? There, there really is, and I'm going to make this simple this morning so we don't, don't get lost. There's only one thing that really matters in life, and that's what we do for eternity. If you just stop and you, and you just break it down and you just make it simple, um, it's something the world doesn't understand. We're working today for something that is eternal. That it's going to be forever and ever and ever. And how many know the world is working for something that is temporary? It's that simple. But I talked in, this, in the first service about the two, two types of people. There's, there's going to be some... This message would save you from discouragement. Okay? Some, some ultimate discouragement. One would be horrible discouragement because it's going to be eternal. Eternal separation from God. I mean, I'm praying that no, nobody, by the time you leave this place this morning, will be in that group. That discouragement is going to be the day when they stand before God and realize that everything they ever did in life didn't matter anything if they didn't have Jesus. But then there's also a group that could be here this morning that does know Jesus, is saved, does believe in God, but is not understanding that someday when we stand before God, he's going to give us, ask for us for an account of what we have done for him. And so I want to focus this morning on what really matters how many know there's some things that really matter and some things don't really matter? But we can easily be distracted and caught up in the things that don't really matter. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to, as you're getting your Bibles open to Mark 8, that's where we're going to be in a moment. We're going to start there. That's kind of going to be our text. But I want to focus this morning on a story that most people have heard. And I heard it and I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news on purpose. But I still heard it, so it was big news how many heard the scandal with the universities in the last week or two? Anybody hear that? Um, just in case you don't know what happened, uh, some people, 50 people all together, got arrested, took to jail for um, uh, some on the part of receiving, some on the part of giving, of trying to get their kids into prestigious universities that could not get in by the, t- by the entrance exams. Some parts of it was paying for the entrance exam. Some parts of it was, was making a slot for them on the soccer team that didn't exist. Um, one guy, his name, last name is Silver, made $25 million off of this scandal, and he's not going to enjoy it he's going to be in jail. But the crazy thing about this story that just, just blows me away is how a parent would care so much about what their kids are doing and the, 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 the image of their kids and the, more than that, the image of them that they would do something so horrible and so ridiculous as to pay the university to let their kids in. They're not smart enough to get there. They don't really care about the fact that they're going to fail their classes, but they want to get them in there. They want that name to be there. And so we know that there, we know especially here in Texas, there's some big universities you know, UNT is a big university, but you've got Texas and Texas A&M, Texas Tech, and obviously Texas is, is, the, is where the, the capital is. And there are people here in Texas and Oklahoma where they say, our kids went to Texas, our grandkids are going to Texas, my grandparents went to Texas, and there's a prestige and a thing about their kids going to that same school. 
So some of these were Stanford, Yale, USC, some of these big colleges. And some people paid $500,000 to get their kid into the school. And that's the low amount. There were some other people. One of them is, is involved is the designer Massimo. How many know those clothes? He's been around for a long time. And he's married to the lady that was on Full House. They, they together as a couple paid, and some people paid over $5 million just to get their kid into the school, just to be enrolled. How many know that's losing focus? I'm thinking, mom and dad, give me the $5 million and let me try to start a business. Let me try to invest it in stocks. Let me do something. I mean, those parents couldn't be like, okay, let's have a seat. Let's sit down and realize our kid's not, 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 not measuring up to what we want. Let's take that $5 million and let's, let's say, hey, we're going to give this to you. If you squander it, you squander it, but it's yours, and you've got you to gotta make something out of it. Right. I would have been more smart, but they paid $5 million to get him into the school. And this guy, Massimo, he's worth $80 million. He has a net worth of $80 million, and he is not going to get to enjoy it because now he's going to spend time in prison. How many know that, 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 that sounds crazy to a lot of us here? And a lot of us would say, I would never do that. I would, that's ridiculous. I'm one of them. That's ridiculous. But let me tell you something. Maybe that's not something you would do, but there are things we do and would do that we might not know we would do right. until we get in the moment. Right. And what we have to be careful of is that we don't lose focus on the things that really matter so that we don't get in that position to do those things we shouldn't do. Somewhere along the line, those parents lost focus on what mattered. And today, maybe it's not the university, maybe it's uh, sports, maybe it's hobbies, it's, it's all kinds of different things. And I want to make this statement to this, this uh, service as well. Parents, don't try to live your dreams that you did not do through your kids. Don't do that. Don't try to, this is what I want to do. So I'm, a lot of parents are paying and, and, and working and pushing and paving their kids to, to do things that maybe they couldn't, they couldn't succeed in. You know, today in sports, there's a lot of money. And so people are doing a lot of things to invest money and, and time into their kids to get them into sports. And those things are not going to last. Listen, I'm going to be the first to say how much I love sports, how, how good sports was to me. But I thank God at the time that I was growing up in school, there wasn't sports on Sundays. There wasn't, I, didn't, I didn't have games on Sundays and stuff like that that they planned today. And, and more and more, there's this focus on these ways to make money or get rich quick. And I just want you to know that there's the things we have to be careful of. Let's look at Mark chapter 8 and watch what this verse tells us so clearly. And many of you have heard this. It says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? We need to know right now this morning, as we continue to read this in just a second, that what really matters, just to make sure you're, 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 you're clear, is everything we can do to make Jesus Christ center and Lord of our lives. That's what matters. Everything else is secondary. But, but today it's possible that in our lives there are some things that are first over God. There are some hobbies. There are some desires. There are some uh, careers. There are some dreams. And it's okay to have a career. It's okay to have a dream. It's okay to have hobbies. It's, all those things are okay as long as they're not first. 
as long as they're after the Lord. And that's a, how many know that's something we have to stay focused on? Focused. Because the bottom line is, church, we cannot take anything with us. We can't take any possessions. Today, it's so crazy. You think about people, and, and all of us know people like this. Maybe someone's here like this. I don't know, but we know people who they work and work and work and work and save and save and save and buy and buy and, and, and do and do and do, and, and, and it's for nothing. It's for nothing because they're going to die, and they're gonna, they can't take it with them. We'll say, well, they're going to leave it to their kids. They're going to leave it to their grandkids. What if their grandkids don't care? What if their grandkids ruin it? What if their grandkids spend it all? What are they doing it for? What are they doing that's really going to last? What really matters? The truth is, biblically this morning, that the only thing that really matters is what we do for eternity. That's what Jesus is saying here. He says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul. Look, it says in 37, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? How many know that, that today, that's a, that's a real thing. There's a thing called the Illuminati. Some people don't believe it. It's real. There's, there's actors and, and, and singers and, and, and sports people who have admitted that they're part of the Illuminati, that they sold their soul to the devil. And there is a demonic force that makes people powerful and gives them wealth. I could name names. I'm not, it doesn't matter. This is the truth. People sell their souls. And, they, and, 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 they can, and there's one, one, of, one of the ones uh, that I will say her name is Katy Perry. And she, she was raised in a Christian home. She was raised in, a, in, in believing in Jesus Christ. And at one point, she admits she sold her soul to the devil. And, and the sad thing is that she doesn't realize that she can, she can get it back. She can repent. She can change. But the devil has lied to her. How many know the devil will tell her she can't, her soul's the devil's? But how many know the soul belongs to God? And she can repent and come back home. Amen. But she says, she says, I'm wide awake. And that song, there's a song she sings called I'm Wide Awake. And she's talking about her, her fact that she can't go, she can't fix what's, what's been broken. She's lost. But today there's people who are trading in their entire eternity for a, a, a small gain or a momentary gain. What are you thinking when you give $5 million to a college to get your kid into college? You have lost focus on what matters. Let me go on to see in verses 38 and 39. Watch this. It says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful. Let me know we live in an adulterous and sinful generation. Of him, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. All that matters this morning, all that matters, we're talking about what really matters, is that you confess Jesus. Not just here in the church, but outside. At school, at work, everywhere you go, that you shout from the rooftops, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is Master. Jesus Christ is everything. There's nothing else that matters but Jesus. Jesus and Him crucified and Him risen from the dead. It's all that matters. I'm, I'll be willing to talk to any of you after church if you can come tell me anything in the world that matters more. I'm open. Yeah, it got quiet in here, didn't it? Because there's nothing. 
I'll talk to anybody outside this world because these people outside these doors in this world that are dying every, every moment, hundreds and thousands of people going into eternity, the only thing that matters is Jesus. And we have to stay focused on that. Proverbs 12.22 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are His delight. How many know it's easy to lie? Come on, give me a better amen. It's easy to lie. We do a lot of white lies. How many know there's no color in lies? Lies are lies. Amen. A lie is a lie. And the problem with the lie is you have to cover it up with another lie. And then you've got to remember the first two lies to cover it up with the third lie. By the time you get to the fifth lie, you don't know which one was which. Honesty is the best policy. You know what would have been good for those parents to do? Look, son. Look, daughter. You're not as smart as you need to be. I really wanted you to go to Yale, but you can't. So we're going to figure out a different path. Been honest. Because guess what? We're going to get the honesty from somebody. They'd have got it from one of the professors. They'd have got it from their, school, their schoolmates. So what are you doing here? Everything's going to come out, right? The truth is the truth. It's better to be honest. It's better to sit someone down and say, listen, I know you got these aspirations and you got these dreams. Kind of goes to that basketball message I did one time. You know, you think you can play basketball, but you need to choose a different sport. I mean, that's the truth. Some people can't play everything. Amen? And, and, and you find something that you're good at, but the truth needs to be told. And, and so honesty is such a powerful thing. Look what Proverbs 10, 9 says. People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will fall and slip. Right? How many want to be on solid ground this morning? Amen. The, God, the solid ground of Jesus. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. If we've got Jesus, we've got the way, we've got the truth, and we've got the life. Now let's look at Proverbs, or sorry, Matthew chapter 6. This is another key verse, and most of us know it. I, want, I, want, I said this in the first service. This is so important. And, and I want us to have this attitude uh, uh, when we read the Bible, that when we hear a verse, because you might have read Mark 8, 36, or you hear this Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, and you go, oh, okay, I, I know what that means. You hear the verse, you hear the beginning, and, and then your mind goes somewhere else because you I, I know what that means. Did you know that the Bible is living? That, that it can speak something you, to you today that it's totally different than what it spoke to you a month ago? Not that the word changes, but the perspective changes. Sometimes the focus changes. Uh, sometimes the circumstance changes. And that's God's word is alive. And so maybe today this message would mean more than it did six months ago. I gave the example for those that were here Friday night about the, the parable that Jesus was talking about, the least of these. If I, if I ask you to raise your hand, if I, if I said a little bit of this verse, it says, when you have ministered unto the least of these, you have ministered unto me. Most of us have heard that verse. Most of us have heard that verse, and it says, when was I naked? When was I in prison? When and we go off, and we, and we automatically think, and I thought that for many years. I used to go to the, to the streets in Costa Rica and f- clothe people and feed people and do all kinds of outreaches with kids and all these things, and that's great. That's not what that verse is talking about, as we talked about Friday night. That verse is talking about, he says, the least of these, my brethren... And so we read something, we hear something, and we automatically go, and if you, don't, if you want more on that, get the podcast. But if, if you, you automatically hear a verse and don't stop and go, okay, God, what are you saying to me today? 
Nothing's going to happen. The people that are going to walk out of here with fruit in their lives this morning are the ones who are taking every word that's coming out of God's mouth through this, this messenger and apply it to your, word, to your life today and fruit's going to come out. And so Jesus says this, the way you focus is realizing what the future holds. And this is what the Bible says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't Try to get, that again, we're, we're smarter than to understand we, we need a savings account. We need to work. We need to, we need to do those. That's obvious. Those are things that are important. As long as they don't take our focus off what really matters. Are you here? Jesus says, don't lay for yourselves up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. How many people today have bank accounts with maybe millions of dollars in it that can be stolen, that can be squandered? Here's the good news for us. We're working for something, as the next verse says, that can be eternal. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures, but sorry, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. That means we can do something for the Lord that matters. When, I, when we give our, our, our finances to the work of God, we're doing something that matters. And we're, we're putting that, that money into a spiritual bank account that no devil can touch. That nobody can steal from. That will stand the test of time. That will last forever. And this is some powerful words. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and thieves do not come in and steal. There's people who are always going to try to come in and steal and take what, what has been given to you. And then the problem with, with wealth, for example, is when you, get, when you get more, you want less. Uh-uh. What do you want when you get more? More. I don't have enough. I got to go make another barn, the Bible says, and fill that thing up with more stuff so I can have more stuff so that my kids can deal with that stuff when I die. That stuff. How many have too much stuff? Anytime we do any kind of cleaning, throw some stuff away. We just clean out that garage. I said, come to me with any questions of anything that could be thrown away. I did. Yes, let's dump it. If you haven't used it for six months, get rid of it. Come on. Oh, some of y'all, some hoarder. I got some hoarders in here. I can tell. Some of y'all, like, huh? what? Our owner of our building is one of them. But thank God he hoarded because got a lot of stuff in here he gave us. How many get what I'm saying, though? Junk, stuff we don't need, spending money on things we don't need, things that don't matter, things that aren't going to last. Get out of focus. We've got to figure out what we're really doing this morning. I want you to go to Acts 20. I want to focus on this for a minute this morning. Acts chapter 20. I want to use the example of Paul the Apostle and how he had a revelation from God. Now pay attention to this. This is important. I'm going to say this now, and then I'm going to say it again in a second. What happened to Paul when he was Saul? On the road to Damascus when he fell off the horse. What happened to his sight? <clears throat> he lost it. God took his physical sight away from him so that he was able to see spiritual things. 
Okay? Because Saul's focus was off. Saul's focus was on the wrong things. And Saul was somebody who was very, 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 very productive, very smart, and very wise, and very knowledgeable. We read that when we did that disqualified message, and I told you that they had to learn the, new, old, the old, whole entire Old Testament. They had to learn how to answer a question with an answer. And all those things they had to do to become a rabbi. They had all that, all that. Paul had all of that, and he said, I was the Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was the man. I, and he got to a place where he was so much the man that he was killing Christians, persecuting Christians, and he had a, he had a sight and a vision that what he was doing was good. His focus was off. So God had to knock him off the horse and blind him so that he could see spiritual things. How many know we need to see spiritual things this morning? Our minds need to be more on spiritual things than on physical things. Our minds need to be more on eternal things than temporary things. But our flesh is temporary. Pastor Andrew said it at the offering or at the prayer. We were microwave people. We look at the microwave, count it down, open the door at three. Before it even gets to zero. Because we're watching, we're looking, we're waiting. We're, we're temporary, we're quick, we want it now. We don't understand that what we're doing that's eternal takes time. And you don't see the results of it right now. And we talked about that on Friday too, that everything we do is for something. Nothing we do is in vain. So Paul here in 24 of 20, chapter, chapter 20 of Acts says this. This statement I want to focus on. He says, None of these things, obviously if he says none of these things move me, he had some things. Okay, Paul, Paul wouldn't say, you know, I'm poor and I don't have anything and so this poverty doesn't move me. He said none of these things. He had stature, he had, he had things, he had um, uh, re reputation. He said none of these things move me. How many know we got to get to a place where nothing moves us but God? That in him we live and move and have our being, the Bible says. He says, none of these things move me. He says, nor do I count my life dear to myself. What could we do for the kingdom of God if we would begin to say, my life doesn't matter. My my li how long I live doesn't matter. It's what I do while I'm living. Am I making a difference? Am I, am I doing something for eternity? Just to pause here for a second before we continue to read. This, this kind of preaching is, is challenging us. And caught, so I, was be, I was being asked to, in between services, what's, what's important to us in this church? What, 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 are, what are we focusing on? And I, and I told the person, I'm focusing on making sure every person individually understands that although this is a corporate work, we individually have to do something for God. Every one of us have to answer to God someday for what you did with your life. And I don't want you to have to stand before Jesus and get the 25-cent gumball prize. I don't want you to have nothing to give back to Jesus. I don't want your works to go through the fire and burn. Amen. How many want to have gold and silver and precious stones? To go through that fire. The Bible says everything that we do for the Lord will be tested by fire. So the wood, hay, and the stubble. I didn't say this in the first message, but this is coming to me now. The wood, hay, and the stubble are the things that we do that are not bad, but they're not going to last. They're not sin, but they're, but they're not going to last. And so here's the thing. If we focus too much on the wood, hay, and the stubble things, then that's the reward we're going to get. 
But if we do things that are gold, silver, and precious stones, things for the kingdom of God, things for others, preaching the gospel, witnessing, praying for other people, giving our finances, giving our time, giving of ourselves. This is what Paul understood. Paul got to a place where he said, this is what he got. Nothing, and it's not that you have to go make a vow of poverty and live in a tent. It's that you're saying the things in this world don't move me. What moves me and motivates me is how would things change if we would stop worrying so much about what's in our physical bank account and we started thinking more about what was in our spiritual bank account. And we started working towards that more. I'll, I'll take that one clap in the middle. Amen. I don't need the rest of them. Amen. That's the truth. What happens if we start thinking, man, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work, I got to Not to be saved. Not to be saved. Not to be loved more. But to work on my prize that's going to go through the fire. So that when it comes out on the other side, it's something big. And awesome and beautiful. That I can go, the Bible says, and place back at Jesus' feet. What really matters? He says, this is what matters. That I finish my race with joy. With joy. I like how he throws that in there. And the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus. Look at someone next to you and say, you have a ministry. Now look at him and say, do you believe that? Do you believe that? I have a ministry. You have a ministry. We have ministries. We all have ministries. We all have a call. We all have something to do on this earth. It's to further the gospel. It's to touch lives. It's to make a difference. Paul understood this. He's challenging us now. He says, here's, here's what it is. You say, what really matters? What's, what's, the, what's the exact answer to that? Here's the exact answer. That I would testify to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That I would testify to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell me what else matters outside of the gospel. Tell me. You, we think all day long. There's nothing. But isn't it funny how we spend so much time on the other things that don't matter? Amen. Come on, I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm just preaching to you. Amen. This isn't for condemnation. This is for, this is for, for challenge. This is for uh, conviction. This is for us to realize what, what is our focus on. And if we get out of focus we got to be careful because I was thinking back to that verse where it said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And if you think about it, that's like someone who's an alcoholic. You don't just wake up one morning and be an alcoholic. You don't just wake up one morning and start snort snorting cocaine. You start, you start doing little things. And then that little thing leads to another thing. And then that leads to one beer, and that one beer leads to three, and that three leads to vodka, and that vodka leads to this, and the marijuana leads to the cocaine, and all of a sudden you're a drug addict, you're an alcoholic. You didn't wake up like that. You don't wake up one day and just lose your soul. You slowly begin to lose focus on what really matters. On what really matters. What really matters. He says that we testify to the gospel. Now let's Let's begin to finish here with a few more verses. I want you to see this. And indeed, he says, verse 25, Now I know. I want you to really pay attention to these next few verses. Don't lose me on this. Now I know that you all, that's us, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. He knew he was going to die a martyr's death. How many this morning, as I read that verse, and we're going to hold here in 25 for a second, how many this morning don't have to answer me, don't have to raise your hand, don't have to nod, but you ask yourself, answer yourself the question, 
if someone came and put a gun to your head this morning, they said, deny Jesus Christ, how many of you would say, I'm not denying Jesus? How many of us would do that? How many of us honestly and truly do not count our lives worth anything, that Jesus is everything? You know, that's the place that God wants us to be. Paul was in that place. But he wasn't always at that place. He wasn't even at that place when he got saved. When he fell off that horse and went blind, God had to take some things away from him so he could focus on some things that are spiritual. If we could just get a glimpse of what eternity looks like, and we're going to get one a little, in a little bit here, a little bit. If we could just get a glimpse, we would just, our lives would be so different. I think we would focus more on the things that matter. And we would be careful that when those things try to pull us away from what matters, we get focused back on again. How many know when, you're, when you need to focus on something, there's always stuff in the background? And you have to focus in on it. And if you focus on the stuff in the background, you lose focus on what's in front of you. Focus is important. But we're focusing on what matters. We're focusing on what's going to last. We're focusing on what's eternal. Paul got this revelation and he says, I'm preaching the gospel. He says, I'm, you're not going to see my face anymore. He knew that he was going to die a martyr's death. He knew he was going to give his life to, for Jesus. He understood the words, to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. How many want to be at that place in your walk? How many want to be at that place in your life that you say, I don't, I don't care anymore about my own life. I just care about doing what God wants me to do. Amen. I, I do. I want to be at that place where nothing else matters. Now, it doesn't mean, again, that we go live in a, in a tent or live on a hill or go out to the I'm not. We, we can't disconnect from the world. We're in the world. We're supposed to be light. But where's our focus? These people who paid for their kids to get into school lost their focus. They obviously at some point were focused because they made a lot of money. But at some point, they got delusional and lost focus of what really mattered, and they stopped caring about their kids. Didn't they? Didn't they stop caring about their kids? Oh, I want my kid to go. What do you want, what do you, what do you want them to go to school for? So they can go be a fool? No, you want them to go there so that they, your, your, your friends know that they went to the same school you went to. When it becomes about us, that's when it's dangerous. Paul says, it's not about me anymore. Paul says, not about what, what and listen, th th this is where we got to be. I don't care what people think about me. I care what Jesus thinks about me. That's all that matters. So let's keep reading here. He says, therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. You know, that comes out of the book of Ezekiel. He says, if we don't witness to somebody, their blood is on our hands. That's the Bible says that. So he says, he, what he's saying here is, to the best of my knowledge, every time I've had a chance to preach the gospel, I've preached it. How many know there's times we're supposed to witness, we don't open our mouth? Someone says, give that person a Jesus card. Someone says, pray for that person. Someone says, do this. We got to do it. We got to do it. We got to be bold enough to do it, to open our mouth and say, Jesus loves you. Now watch what it says. Therefore, here's the key. Take heed to yourselves and to the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Now watch this. This is key. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves. He didn't say mean people. He said savage 
wolves will come in among you. Savage wolves will come in among you. He's talking about the sheep. Hungry, savage, mean wolves who want to kill and destroy, he says, will come in among you, not sparing the flock. That's not sparing people who are believers. The devil does not care. But how many know sometimes he might say, you know what, maybe I can't destroy that person. Maybe I can't take them to hell with me, but I can keep them from doing something for God. Did y'all hear that? Maybe I can't get them to hell. Maybe I can't take them to hell with me, but I can keep them from fulfilling their destiny. I can keep them from doing what they're supposed to do to reach others. How many know what really matters is that others know the gospel? And God has chosen to use us to get the gospel to the people. Let's finish here, 30. He says also, watch this, from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Don't we live in this generation today where it's all about us? It's all about us. We're selfish. We're prideful. We're concerned about status. We're concerned about what I have and what I don't have. And he says, watch out for these people who rise in, come in and try to draw away the disciples after themselves. Stay with me. Verse 31, therefore, watch. Tell someone next to you, watch. And remember that for three years I did not cease to warn every one of you day and night with tears. Day and night with tears. Day and night with tears. He saw the future. He saw what was happening. He saw this. As a pastor, you see people who are getting lured away. You see it. You see it in their actions. You see it in their church attendance. You see it in their You see it. It's a hard thing as a pastor. All you can do is encourage, challenge, try to pull them in, but it's hard. He, that's what he's saying. I, I, I'm crying because I see where you're going. I see what your kids are going to look like. When I see people who put too much focus on their kids, I'm not talking about taking care of them. I'm talking about making something for them, a career for them, or, 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 or hobbies or different things. When you put too much on that and, and you don't focus on the things of God, it's danger. It's danger down the road. Don't come back to me crying later on when your teenagers grown up and they're rebellious because they because you haven't brought them to church. Will you pray for my son? Yeah, I'll pray for him. But I could have saved I could have saved that for you too if you'd have just kept him in church. Made sure the priorities were there and their fo- your focus was on God. How many are still here? Last verse. Now, brethren. I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and, watch this, give you an inheritance. Did you hear that? Give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And he says, I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Now, I want to end back at 24. I want you to remember inheritance, and I want to close in 24. I want to read that again one more time. Paul says, none of these things move me. I don't count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. What would happen if we'd wake up every morning and say, Lord, help me focus on the gospel of the grace of God. 
How can I be the best messenger? How can I be the best testifier? How can I be the best example? Father, how can I focus on your word? That's why we read the word every morning. We pray every morning. If we don't read and pray, we're selfish people. We're going to go through the day saying, what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? And how many know we'll just keep filling ourselves up what we need? We'll never get anything done for God. And one day we'll be discouraged. There's a truth in this saying, and I've been saying it for years. I don't think I invented it, but I had it for so long, I don't remember who said it. Your greatest discouragement in heaven is not going to be what you didn't have, what you did. It's going to be what you could have done. What you could have done. When, when you see the potential lost and you think, man, picture it again. As, I, as I, I'm going to read a story in just a second, but picture it again. Picture your works going on the conveyor belt. How sad is it going to be if you look at that conveyor belt and it's full of wood and hay and stubble? And as the works begin to be laid out, listen, we got a lot of, some people say, how's that going to happen? We got a long time. Eternity's a long time. We got plenty of time to see everybody's works. And they keep like, oh God, please pull out some, some stones. Lord, please pull out some precious, some silver. Please, Lord, God, oh, there's a little sliver. Oh, thank God for that little sliver of gold. Oh, more wood. Oh, more hay. And once you're up there, it's done. You're going to be saved. You're going to be saved. But you're going to be, there's going to be, you ever heard the verse where he says he'll wipe all the tears away? Those tears are going to be tears of, of regret for what you could have done when we lost focus. Amen. There was a story of a man and his son who loved art. Had the most amazing art collection. They had Picassos, Van Goghs, Rembrandts, had all the, and this guy had a humongous estate, filthy rich. And him and his son had this amazing relationship and they loved art. They collected it. They'd go into their art gallery and walk around and look at different pictures and brag to each other and say, man, this is, the, this is the most amazing collection of art in the world. And one day, the Vietnam War happened. And his son was sent off to the Vietnam War. And, and when he was over there, he lost his life and died at, at war. And so the man, the, the father, was totally destroyed and distraught and depressed and discouraged because he didn't have anybody to share his art with anymore. So time goes on, and one Christmas comes around, and he gets a knock on the door, and he goes. He's older now. He's frail. He's looking at all this stuff he has. And the door, door knocks, and there's a, there's a man standing there, and he has a, a picture in his hand. He says, sir, he said, this is for you. He said, and I've been trying to find you for a long time, and I finally found you. When, I, when we were in Vietnam, I was with your son. Your son saved my life. Your son gave his life for mine. That's why I'm here. And I, and I drew this picture. He told me how much you loved art. And he gave him that picture, and the, the, the father just began to weep. He just looked at it. He couldn't believe how, how that boy had, 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 pick, had picked up his eyes, and he, he just began to weep over that picture. He just held it to it. Dear, he said, thank you so much. He said, how much do I owe you? He said, no, 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 no. I can't pay you for this. He said, he said this, your son gave his life for me. This is for you. He went and took that picture and he put it right in the middle of his art collection. Right in the middle. And 
from that moment on, every time somebody would come over, he'd say, hey, come look at my son. He would take them past all those famous paintings and he'd take them to that picture. He'd say, look, look at my son. And he would just stay there. He, he didn't even show any of his other pictures. And then finally that man passed away and left that amazing estate with those millions of dollars of pictures and paintings. So they went to do the estate sale and they did the auction for the paintings totally separate. Thousands of people from all over the world came to this estate sale to bid and auction at the auction for the paintings. As the uh, auctioneer comes out, it's a stack of papers, and he comes out and he puts his paper down and he pulls the portrait of the sun and he puts it on the table. And he says, this is the first piece of art that we're going to sell this morning. And everybody's looking at him like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? We don't want that picture. We didn't come here for that picture. The auctioneer says, who will take the sun? They're yelling at him and screaming, we don't want that. We want, we want the Van Goghs. We want the Rembrandts. We want the Picassos. What are you doing? He says, listen, there's a stipulation in the will that says, before I can sell any of these other paintings, someone has to take the sun. No one starts bidding. He says, who will pay $200? This is a place where paintings are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Who will pay $200? Nobody raises their hand. They're yelling. Come on, get on with it. This isn't what we came for. He goes down to 100. No one will take it. No one will buy it. He begins to look frustrated and he says again, listen, we cannot move on until somebody purchases this picture. He gets down to 50. Starting to get desperate. He can't give it away. Someone has to buy it. Finally, after yelling and screaming and everybody's upset, someone in the background says, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the son. And it's the gardener. And all he had was $10. And the guy says, sold to the gardener. And the gardener comes up and takes that picture. Humbly walks out and begins to leave. And they start screaming again. Now, let's get on with the real, come on, let's get on with the real paintings. Thank God that's over. Yeah! They start screaming. What's, what's first? And the auctioneer grabs his papers, closes them up, hits the gavel and says, this auction is over. What are you talking about? What about the Van Gogh? What about the Rembrandt? What? He says, no, the will says, whoever takes the sun gets everything. It's everything. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. That son was despised and rejected by everybody. But that father said, whoever takes my son gets everything. When you believe in Jesus, when you take the son, you get everything. That's the gospel. God says that's what matters. I sent my son to be despised and rejected of men. And whoever, whoever takes the son gets everything. You realize that someday that's exactly what's going to happen in heaven. He's going to say, whoever took my son, whoever, whoever received my son, 
gets everything I have. And here we are on the earth fighting over things that don't matter, that aren't going to last, that are temporary. And God says, if you'll just take my son, eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and neither has it even entered into the thought of man all the things that I have prepared for those who love me. Amen. That's the gospel. That's the gospel, church. How many take the sun this morning? How many take the sun this morning? Amen. I take the sun. All I want is the sun. I don't care about the rest. I want the sun. Father, I pray this morning that we would take the sun. Who will take the sun? Who will take my son, God says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever would believe in him, whoever would take him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Holy Spirit, quicken us. Holy Spirit, challenge us. Holy Spirit, move us to be reminded of what matters this morning, to focus on what matters this morning. God, there's so much garbage and things that we do and get caught up in that don't matter. Help us be focused. Help us help each other. Your word says iron sharpens iron. That's why your word says that we would, we would encourage each other with these words that Jesus comes soon and that we would comfort one another with these words, that we would encourage each other. That's why we, we come together on a Sunday. We, 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 we assemble together. You said don't forsake that as some have. Some have the, the custom to do. But come into my house and remember what matters. Lord, help me burn this morning my wood, my hay, and my stubble. And help me work for things that are eternal, gold, silver, and precious stones. All over this place, as your heads are bowed, I feel, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. His, his love is here. It's not condemnation. It's not to make you feel bad for what you haven't done. It's God saying, please, take my son. Please, put God, put my son first. You know, what, you know what God said? Jesus said in his word in Matthew 6, he says, if you'll take my son, I'm paraphrasing. He says, if you'll take my son, if you'll take the son, if you'll take the kingdom, if you'll take the gospel and put it first and seek that first, I'll give you all the things you need. How many, how many times do we not have what we need because we've put something else before Jesus? And Jesus says, I've got everything you need. Just take me. He says, take my yoke. Take my burden. It's light. It's easy. We don't need to give the world a bunch of doctrine. We just need to give them the sun. We just need to give them the hope that there is in Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. Maybe you're here this morning and if you breathed your last breath today, you'd go into eternity without God. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Don't, 
Don't say, I got to go get some things in order. Today's the day. The Bible says today's the day, the acceptable time of the Lord to be saved. I'm going to say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I'm not saved. Just lift your hand up. Put it right back down all over this place. Maybe you're here and God's saying, listen, we've got a work to do. We've got a lot of work to do. I want to use you. I want to use you. But you've got to drop some of those weights. You've got to let some of those things go. You've got you to get some of those things that are not important out of your life so I can, I can be the focal point of your life, so I can be center of your life. I need you to focus, God says, on, on the things that really matter. Because I got some things for you to do. The Holy Spirit will speak to us this morning. He'll, he'll, he might have already dropped something in your spirit. Something that maybe takes up too much of your time. Something that just doesn't do anything for eternity. It's that wood, hay, and stubble. And listen, we all have wood, hay, and stubble. We all have it in our lives. But how much do we have? Do we, do we have anything that's gold, silver, and precious stones, which are the works that will last? Are we loving our neighbors as ourselves? Are we preaching the gospel? Are we sharing our faith? Do we love Jesus more than anything in this world? Is he everything to us? He's good. God is good. He loves you. He's not condemning you. He's just, he's just cheering you on and saying, come on. You're working towards something. Stop worrying about your, your, your temporary things and start worrying about things that are going to last. As we stand to our feet tonight, this morning, sorry, I want, to, I want to take a few minutes at the altar to pray, to worship, to focus. How many know this is what we're doing at a church service? Focusing. We're going to be busy tomorrow. We're busy all week. Sometimes... Sometimes we can even be busy doing the work of the Lord and get too busy to remember what we're doing. Right? What good does it do for me to get up here and minister to you if I haven't spent time with the Lord? I can't give you anything I don't have. What, what good does it do for me to do all these things I do? God's just saying, I, I, I made the world. I know you got to work. I know you got to have a place to live, all those things. But, but, but what, do you, what really matters? If we stop and focus, stop and focus on what really matters. Amen? What really matters. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this so that someday you'll stand before the Lord and you'll say, man, I'm so glad my pastor challenged me to do something for God so I had some gold, silver, and precious stones going through that conveyor belt. Sweep off the wood, hand stubble, work on the gold, silver, and precious stones. Amen? How many believe what I'm talking about is true? we got to focus on what really, really matters. Amen. I'm going to open up the altar. We're going to take a few minutes to worship and to, and to, to ask God, Lord, help, help me see some of these things that I need to focus on this morning. And I'm going to be the first one to say, Lord, help me. Help me. Here I am. Help me focus on what matters. Help me focus, God. You're such a good God. You're such a faithful God. Lord, move in this place this morning as we seek your face. Lord, as we get alone with you and we talk to you, we ask you to search our hearts this morning, God. 
Oh, God. Oh. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.